Hello and greetings everyone. I'm Pastor Edwin Strickland and I serve as the Senior Pastor of Fellowship of Champions Church International, a worldwide ministry helping people to learn to live out their God-given dreams by walking in love and living by faith. And I get to be your host and your guide for this exciting journey that we're about to take that we call Ed Talk with Pastor Strick. Well, hello and good afternoon. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Ed Talk with me, Pastor Strick. Listen, I'm so excited that you guys are taking some time out of your schedule to join me today. I appreciate you being here. Those of you that are watching from the various uh, pages, my page, the YouTube channel, maybe the church's channel, maybe someone just shared it with you. I'm not sure how you're watching, but however you showed up here, I appreciate it. Listen, I'm excited about today's uh, topic that we're going to discuss uh, because it was a topic suggested by someone who watched episode one of Ed Talk. And that's kind of what I want to do uh, as we go through these Ed Talks. I don't want to just show up and I don't want to just talk about the things that uh, I may feel are important. I may do that from time to time, but I want to talk about some things that are also uh, questions or things that uh, people who take the time to tune in want to know about. So uh, I encourage you like I did last week, if you have a question, you have a follow-up, even if you have some pushback, uh, you know, by all means, feel free to send me a message, okay? Listen, you guys know one of the things that we often ask people to do, whether it's at our church service or the Strategies for Success or whether Ed Talk or Relationships 101, which by the way is tonight, <laughs> shameless plug, at 7 p.m., uh, Pastor Sean and I will be uh, broadcasting live from our Edwin and Sean Strickland page. Uh, if you don't know what I'm talking about, you should run over to Edwin and Sean Strickland on Facebook and you should take a look at that. But we'll be doing a our third uh, installment of Relationships 101 tonight at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. So as I was saying, you know what we ask you to do? We ask you to just hashtag where you're watching from. I see people from Little Rock. I see people from Roswell, Georgia. I see people from Slidell, Louisiana. Listen, I appreciate you guys being on here. I see Kim from Maryland. I appreciate you guys being on here today. And so today I'm going to jump right into what I want us to talk about because uh, it goes into something that we were discussing on, on last week. So today I want to talk about how to develop self-discipline or how to develop discipline at all, right? Um, last week I made a statement and I got a little pushback on it and I'm okay with pushback because sometimes we're, we think we're communicating uh, in a way that we are and it doesn't really come across that particular way. And so last week I made this statement right here. I said, you do not need motivation, you need discipline. And I, I had a couple people who inboxed me and was saying, you know, but motivation is so important. Motivation is the thing that that gets you going. Motivation is the thing that you have to have in, in hard times. And so what I want to do is I want to clear up my statement. When I said you don't need motivation, um, I, I overspoke. I overspoke. What I mean is you don't solely need motivation. OK, and, and not only do you not solely need motivation, 
What you need more of is internal motivation than external motivation, because we know that motivation comes a multitude of ways. The problem for most people is that they are waiting on external motivation. And when you wait on external motivation, then the only way you ever get to your goal is if that external motivation shows up. Well, what happens if it doesn't? What happens if somebody doesn't pat you on the back? What happens if somebody doesn't clap for you? What, is, what happens if someone doesn't tell you that you're amazing? What if somebody doesn't say, hey, I believe in you? Are, are, then are you just stuck waiting for someone to show up and do that? So when I say you don't need motivation, you need discipline. What I'm saying is that you don't solely need motivation. Okay, motivation can't be everything. Why? Because discipline, and I stick by this statement, is greater than motivation. Somebody says, well, why is discipline greater than motivation? Because discipline has the ability to, to get you further than motivation does. Because motivation will get you started, but you will never finish the task without motivation. You will never finish the task without motivation. Why? Because discipline, and this is a statement I made last week, allows you to stay true to what you said you were going to do long after the mood that you set it in is gone. Okay? So I wanted to clear that up as we got started today, because we're going to talk about how you develop discipline. Because somebody asked me, they said, hey, I really struggle with being disciplined. I heard you talk about motivation is greater than discipline, but I really, really struggle with being disciplined. I struggle with being disciplined about my eating. I struggle with being disciplined about my self-care. I struggle with discipline regarding my finances. I struggle with discipline regarding my relationships. I struggle with discipline regarding my mind, the thoughts that I have, the self-talk that I have. I struggle being disciplined. And so they said, is there any way you can give us some tips or some tools about how we become more disciplined? And so uh, I, I'm, I was happy to do that. Again, as I said, the problem with just having motivation is that most motivation for most people is external. You know, even if you have internal motivation, all that's doing is getting you out of the starting blocks, right? You know, if if I used to I used to run track and I, I was decent at it, right? I was a 400 meter runner and I was an 800 meter runner. And in the 400 meters, you know, when I was in high school back in the late 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 80s, 89, 88, 89, you know, they used to put us in blocks in the 400, right? And when we were in blocks for the 400 meters, the gun would go off to let everybody know it's time to go. That was our motivation. The starting gun was the motivation. But anybody who's ran a 400 meters, you know, when you get to about that 300 meter mark, there is no more motivation. The only thing that gets you through that last 100 meters is absolute discipline. What do I mean? It's your training. We used to call it when the monkey jumps on your back. Everybody can run 100 meters, right? Everybody might can do 200 meters. But when you're running 300 meters, by that time, that lactic acid has built up. The, the, the emotion of the starter pistol going off has waned. And you got you got another 100 meters to go. And by the time you get ready to hit that last curve into that stretch for that last 100 meters, 
you know good and well that the only thing that's going to get you across that finish line is how much discipline you've had to train for that moment, right? And so the problem is that most people aren't, aren't talking about internal motivation. They're talking about external motivation. And external motivation comes from outside factors. And the problem with coming from outside factors is that you have to wait on it. Right. You got to wait on it. You got to wait on those external factors in order for you to, 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 to be who you want to be. Why? Because they come based on things like rewards. Right. Somebody's going to give you something to do something. Uh, the form of incentives. Right. Or, or from social pressures that cause you to perform or achieve in some way. But what happens when the pressure is removed? What's happened when the incentive is gone? What happens when there is no reward? Are you still able to go after your dream when those external factors don't exist? And for most people, they simply do not. And they simply do not because they have not developed discipline. See, the goal of discipline is to, is to promote responsible behavior and self-improvement from an internal perspective. Let me say that again. That's why you need to be disciplined, because it promotes a responsible behavior and a self-improvement mindset from an internal perspective. If you're going to develop discipline, you're going to have to give up on this idea that you have to have someone along the journey. Because it may be great to have someone along the journey. But you have to get in your mindset that I'm willing to do this if I have to do it by myself. I'm willing to get a new job if I have to apply by myself. I'm willing to improve this marriage if I have to do it by myself. I'm willing to improve this business and grow it to a multimillionaire status if I have to do it by myself. I'm willing to improve my self-care and my health if I have to do it by myself. It'd be great if someone comes along, but at the end of the day, I'm not stopping reaching my goals or my dreams because I'm waiting on someone else to push me down the road. In fact, go ahead and type this in the comment section. Say, I'm not waiting on a push. I'm not waiting on a push. I'm not waiting for someone to come and push me to my dreams. I am going to develop some internal fortitude, some self, a self-improvement mindset, and some responsible behavior because I'm not waiting on a push. I'm willing to go down the road even if I have to go by myself. Understand this. Discipline is a skill. It is a skill. Why do I say that? Because if it's a skill, it can be learned. Just like leadership. People say, oh, he's a born leader. There are no natural born leaders. Leadership is a skill. And it is a skill that can be taught and a skill that can be learned. Well, that is also true about discipline. Discipline is a skill. It is to be developed for success and personal growth. Anybody you look at, take the 300 most successful people that you know in the world or that you can even read about. And what you will find is all of those successful people have a few things in common. The way they govern their lives, the way they govern their day, the way they go about their business, those things they find uh, in common because there are some commonalities to developing discipline. And discipline has a way of producing success in personal growth. 
Discipline helps individuals to stay focused. So many people start a task, but they never complete the task because they lack focus. Some of you, so, some of you right now, you want to listen to this, but you got four or five other things going on. You, you lack focus. And when you lack focus, you only lack focus because you haven't taught yourself how to be disciplined for long periods of time or even medium periods of time. For some people, you've got to learn how to be focused. Discipline helps individuals overcome obstacles. People who have discipline don't give up, cave in and quit. In fact, when things get tough, they see it through. When things get hard, they see it through. When the going gets tough and the rubber has to meet the road, they are ready for the challenge. Also, discipline helps individuals achieve their goals. If goals were easy, everybody would obtain them. But everybody doesn't obtain their goals. Why? Because it's not easy. They're not meant to be. Anything worth having is worth working for. And so you have to be a person who understands if I'm going to achieve this goal, I must become disciplined. Now, don't get me wrong. Again, motivation can provide the initial boost of energy and enthusiasm that you need. My wife is a coach. She's also a really good motivator. The problem, and we, her and I have had this conversation before, sometimes she's such a good motivator, people like to camp out in the area of motivation with her. Why? Because she has an ability to strike a spark. But once you get that spark struck, you have to be willing to now do some other things or just like striking a match over time, that match is going to burn out. And what happens is there are people literally who run from person to person. They run from conference to conference. They run from event to event. Why? Because they're constantly looking for that spark of motivation. They're looking for that external spark of motivation. And they, they never really have an internal motivation that can be the catalyst for them to developing discipline. But today we want to talk about how we can change that. Today, we want to talk about how we can move forward and how we can do something different. See, discipline is often considered um, uh, one of those ugly words, right? Nobody wants to talk about discipline because many times we think about discipline as being punishment. But discipline is not punishment. In fact, go ahead and type that in the comment section. Say discipline is not punishment. No, when I discipline my body, I'm not punishing my body but I am bringing it into subjection, right? When I discipline myself not to wig out on somebody because they said or did something I don't like, I'm disciplining myself. I'm bringing my, my thoughts and actions under subjection. And when I bring my thoughts and my actions under subjection, what happens is I no longer am subject to being controlled by outside forces. That's what discipline is all about. It's about getting rid of being controlled by outside forces. Why? Because you know our emotions are fickle. You know your emotions are fickle. You can be mad at somebody this morning uh, and then be happy and laughing with them this afternoon. You can be scared in one moment and, and be laughing in the next moment. You can be sad in one moment, right? And then be happy in the next moment. Why? Because our emotions are fickle and we don't want to be guided by something that's fickle. 
Should humans have emotions? Of course we should. Of course we should. We should have emotions. Emotions should not have us. What do you mean, Pastor Edwin? I have decided that I'm going to work out for the next 30 days. Okay. It is 68 degrees and sunshine in the first five days. I go outside, I walk, I run track, uh, I, I do well, uh, I, I'm, I'm eating good. But then on day six through 10, it's raining, it's cold. A disciplined person doesn't say, well, because it's raining and it's cold, I'm not going to work out. They may say I can't work out the way I was, but I'm still going to find a way to get this workout in. But if you are governed by your emotions, you will say, well, it's raining. I can't do nothing today. Well, it's, it's gray outside today, so I, I need to get me some comfort food, right? And now, you're, now your eating is off. And that's how most people live their life. I know I use an example of eating and working out, but that's how most people do with their finances. That's how most people do with their relationships, it's how most people do in everything. They, they, if, it's, if it's going good, somebody said, just add me next time. Listen, that's me too. That's all of us. We know that as long as the conditions are right and our emotions are right, we'll do the right thing. But what we're talking about is doing the right thing when the conditions aren't conducive and when, and when the feelings are all confused. Am I still able to do the right thing? There was this quote, and I saw it one time, and I wrote it down, and so I went back and got it. And here's the quote. It says, the first and best victory is to learn to conquer yourself. The first and best victory is to learn to conquer yourself. If you learn to conquer yourself, if you learn to discipline your mind, your will, your emotions, your imagination, and your intellect, then your body has to follow. Your body has to follow. But if you give in to every temptation, and I'm not trying to preach to you this morning, but what I am saying, though, is there is a scripture in the Bible that says that we are drawn away right? From Christ by the lust of our own flesh. The same is true about our goals and dreams. We are drawn away from our goals and dreams by the lust of our flesh, by the lack of discipline needed to achieve the goal, okay? By the lack of discipline to achieve the goal. And so learning to effectively lead ourselves and others comes down to discipline. If you are an undisciplined person, you will always have undisciplined results. If you want happiness and success and fulfillment, they all stem from focus and self-control. Anytime that you allow outside forces to determine who you are, to determine what you do, to determine how you feel, you are always subject. And we know that whatever we are subject to is what we become slaves to. And if we become slaves to something, then the only way we get to achieve our dreams, live our dreams, achieve our goals and objectives is if the master says we can. Selah. If the master says, yes, you can have a house. Yes, you can have a car. Yes, you can have a good marriage. Yes, you can send your kids to college without student loan debt. Yes, you can do this. Yes, you can do that. The only way we get to do it if we are undisciplined, as if the master says we can. Who is the master? Whatever controls you. 
Whatever controls you is your master. Now, understand this. It may be hard to believe that when you're facing an all-out assault, that, 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 that you can't just wig out. But it is possible to discipline yourself to such a degree that no matter what comes your way, you do not get out of character. Now, are you going to do it overnight? No, it's going to take practice. You're going to have to practice and we're going to, I'm going to give you some tools here and I'm going to get out your way of what you can do to put some things in your tool bag so that you can learn to practice so that no matter what comes your way, you don't get out of character. Why? Because if you don't get out of character, it means you stay in control. It means you become the captain of your own fate. Why? Because you get to determine what happens. Why? Because you may not be able to stop what something does to the outside of you, but you can always control how you respond to it. Listen, it's like if you had a, if you had an all-you-can-eat buffet, right? Going to an all-you-can-eat buffet doesn't mean you have to overeat. <laughs> now, I, I know people say, well, I, I, I'm going to get my money's worth. Listen, if you eat, and you get satisfied, and it's for your nourishment, then you have done, you've gotten your money's worth. But a lack of self-discipline will have you going back to the buffet line three, four, five times just so that you can get your money's worth. Why? Because the external motivation is, I'm not going to be cheated. I'm going to get my money's worth, right? Well, the same thing is true when someone presents you the prospect of making a quick buck. OK, ain't nothing wrong with making money, but is it in integrity with what you say you stand for? Every investment could be every investment is not a bad investment, but it's not an investment for me. You have to be disciplined enough to be able to know what is your yes and what is your no. I mean, what if what if you made the decision that you are going to uh, work out? Right. Then that alarm goes off at six o'clock. It's very easy to hit snooze and lay back down for 30 more minutes rather than going downstairs. I'm talking to myself and jumping on that Peloton. Right. It's a lot easier to hit the snooze than jump on the Peloton. But what have you said your goals are? If your goal, if my goal is to ride 30 minutes a day, then I don't give in to the fickle emotion of not wanting to get up. Right. You go work out even when you don't feel like it. Right. Discipline says I do what I said I was going to do, even when the feeling I said I was going to do it in is long gone. OK. Understand this discipline or another word for discipline can be self-control or self-regulation. Right. They actually accomplish more in our life than just motivation ever would. Why? Because it has the ability to be to be long term. It has the ability to, to stay with us um, in, in the face of great adversity as things change, as, as people come and people go. Discipline has the ability to keep us where we need to be. People who have a higher degree of self-discipline spend less time debating whether to indulge in behaviors and activities that don't align with their values and goals. When people lack discipline, they are always debating with themselves. Should I do this? Should I not? Should I go? Should I stay? Should I buy? Should I not? 
They're always trying to decide. And in many cases, it forces them into a position when you have a lack of discipline to become what the Bible calls double-minded. And, and, and those of us who are Bible scholars, we know the Bible says that to be double-minded is to be what? Unstable in all of our ways. That's why some people look so schizophrenic. <laughs> oh, this going to be my year. I ain't do nothing this year. 2024 going to be my year. I ain't do nothing different. 2025 is really going to be my year. But you did the same thing in 2023 and 2024. And guess what? You got the same results in 2025. Why? Because you don't get something different by doing the same thing. In fact, they call it insanity to keep doing the same thing expecting a different result. Discipline gets you off of the hamster wheel. Discipline gets you off the hamster wheel of this idea that I'm just going to keep going around and around and the next time it's going to be better, right? The next time it's going to be better. I, I, we, we talk about it in Relationships 101. It's called a dysfunctional dance. Many people are involved in a dysfunctional dance in their own life. Why? Because they, 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 they're functioning and then they're not. They're functioning and then they're not. They're functioning and then they're not. Why are they not functioning? Because they're not disciplined enough to continue to do what they should do when circumstances change. And so we're going to talk about then how do we develop discipline, okay? So if you are looking to take control of your habits, if you are looking to take control of your own choices, if you're looking to become, to have a self-improvement mindset, if you're looking to be a person who is responsible and accountable for your own behaviors, let me give you some tools and then get out of your way so you can go practice them. Let me give you some tools in which you can do this because being disciplined, right? Being disciplined is imperative for life beyond the comfort zone. In fact, go ahead and type this in the comment section. Say, I'm moving out of my comfort zone. Come on, there's about 55 of you on here. I need you to say that I'm moving out of my comfort zone. And if you're going to move out of your comfort zone, there are some things you're going to have to do. Now, some of these you may be doing very well. And if you're doing them very well, then just keep doing them. OK, but there may be some of these that you're going to I'm going to talk to you about it. You may say, ouch, you may say, wow, you may tell me to get out of your house. Stop stepping on your toes. But trust and believe these things I'm telling you are still the things I'm working on. Some of them I have mastered better than others. But in order to become a truly disciplined person, a person who is able to be disciplined in not just one area of your life, right? Because there are some people who are very disciplined about their health, but they're not disciplined where their money is concerned. There are other people who are disciplined about their money, but they're not disciplined where their health is concerned. There's others who are very disciplined about their health and their money, but their relationships are all messed up, right? There are other people who might have all three of those together, but they can't keep a job. Why? Because they're not disciplined in what it takes to get and keep a job. So whatever area this is, don't think about your family members. Don't think about your friend. Don't think about the, the, the person who needs to hear this the most. Think about yourself. Say, these tools are for me. All right. So let's get into this. Number one, if you want to be disciplined, if you want to worry, 
um, more about yourself than other people, the first thing you have to learn to do is to be is to develop self-awareness. You have to develop self-awareness. I cannot tell you the number of people who simply are not aware. They are simply not aware. They, they, they judge everything from an external standpoint. They're always looking at why something happened to them, who did it, who didn't like them, why they couldn't do it. If you're going to be a disciplined person, you got to learn to look inward. You got to be a person who your first place to look is inward. Self-awareness involves understanding your own strengths, your own weaknesses, and also understanding your triggers. You have to understand what triggers you. And then watch this, just because you get triggered doesn't absolve you of having appropriate behavior. That's why you got to be aware of your own triggers, because when those triggers come, if I'm disciplined, then I know how to maintain consistency, even in spite of being triggered. We cannot use being triggered as a means to step out of character or to do bad behavior. So I've got to become self-aware. I got to learn to identify the things that tend to distract me or discourage me. I got to know those things. Why? So that when they show up, I'm ready to respond to them. Okay. I got to know what distracts me. I got to know what discourages me. Listen, if you're one of those people and you're an entrepreneur and you, uh, you get discouraged when your friends don't buy from you, you have got to solidify that right now today, that if you're going to be in business, that the majority of your business is going to come from people who don't know you, people who are not intimate with you, people who are not your bestie, right? Because if you only, if you think you're going to open up a bake shop and your bake shop's going to survive because your five best friends are going to always buy from you, you are going to be discouraged. So you got to know what those distractions and you got to know what those discouragements are going to be. And then watch this. It's not good enough to just know them. You then have to develop strategies for managing them. Right. So I, 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 we all adults on here. I was talking to a group of men not too long ago. And, and one of the things that a lot of people just simply don't realize because men don't talk about it. Right. A lot of a lot of men suffer from pornography addiction. Now, when I say addiction, that addiction is on the spectrum, right? There are people who suffer from it for such a degree that they can't keep a job because they at, they at work watching porn. And there are other people who watch it who don't want to really be watching it, but, but they've watched it so long that it's, it's like it calls them, right? And I was talking to a group of men, and one of the things I was saying to them is that, listen, it's one thing to know that you have the addiction. It's one thing that you say, you know what? I've been watching porn since I was nine years old. Okay. Started when I was at my uncle's house and I went in his room and I saw a girly magazine and then I saw a VHS tape or whatever the case may be. I don't know. However, you got there. Right. But I was saying to them, it doesn't matter how you got there. Once you develop the awareness that you don't want to watch porn, right, then you have to develop strategies for managing those urges. 
Now, whether you're talking about pornography, whether you're talking about food, whether you're talking about shopping, whether you're talking about cussing, whether you're talking about fighting, whether you're talking about drinking, I don't care what it is. Whatever it is, if you don't want to do it, you better have a strategy to help you block it. And you better be aware of your strengths and weaknesses. Because some people, they do things like this. Oh, I'm just going to stop. I'm just going to stop. I, I, I ain't going to drink no alcohol. But you got an entire bar in your house. You want to stop drinking wine every night, right? But you got bottles and bottles in your house. You're never going to win that battle. As a strategy says, if I want to stop drinking wine, for whatever reason, whether you think it's a sin or you just don't want to drink wine no more, whatever the reason, you better develop a strategy that blocks you from having that trigger when it says, oh, I just need a drink. She done got on my last nerve. My husband done got on my last nerve. I need a drink. I need a smoke. But if you say that's not who you are and you don't want to do those things, you better have a self-awareness to know when my husband gets on my nerve, I want to drink. Oh, glory to God. I just somebody just got free. When my boss get on my nerve, I, 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 I want to cuss somebody out, but I don't want to be a cusser anymore. So what I got to do, I got to develop the self-awareness to know what my triggers are. And then I got to develop some real life strategies. Those men I was talking to, I was saying to them, listen, if, if, if watching porn is your issue, when you get the urge, take your phone and go set it, go set it in the living room. If it's late at night and you're on a laptop, you, then, then, then don't, don't pick up your laptop. Lock your laptop in, a, in another room when you get ready to go to bed at night. If you got a desktop monitor, I told one dude because he said he had a desktop. I said, listen, take that desktop monitor and put it in the living room. Put it where everybody can see when they walk into the room. Why? Because you have to do something to develop a strategy that's going to give you some discipline so you can achieve success. That's it. That's what you got to do. That's the first step. OK, you got to develop self-awareness. Step two, you got to start small. Some of you are you are so, you spent so many years being undisciplined in so many areas of your life. You cannot change them all overnight. You cannot. You're like an onion. You need to peel back some layers. OK, you need to get disciplined in some in some areas, you know, that you can find some success in. Don't try to overhaul your entire life in one go. Why? Because you're going to fail. And when you fail, it's going to put you back on that track of being less disciplined. Instead, focus on making small changes that you can stick to. Find the one thing. Ask yourself, what's the one thing I really would like to change? The one thing. Okay, And then whatever that one thing is, start working on that. Because what you'll find is that discipline is a lot like yeast. What do I mean? You put a little yeast in the in the entire uh, clump of dough, it'll make the whole dough rise. A little discipline in one area is easily transferable to another area. And where you will only discipline in one area at first, you'll start to see now you're disciplined in this area. And now that kind of mindset and behavior takes over in this area, in that area, in that area, in that area. And before you know it, you're transforming major areas of your life. But don't try to eat the elephant in one bite. I told you last week, my wife and I say all the time, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time and with hot sauce. Right. Because I find that one thing, I find that one thing that can move me in the direction of my big, hairy, audacious goal. 
right? I find that one thing that could move me in that direction. And when I find it, I, I, I grab hold to it with some tenacity. I become determined that I am going to develop some strategies that's going to help me continue to do this one thing well over and over and over and over again until I get mastered. And while you're doing that, you won't even realize it, but you'll be developing the skill because I told you discipline was a skill. It can be learned and it can be taught. You will develop the skill for how to apply that in other areas. Okay. Here's number three. What do you have to do? Well, after you develop some self-awareness, after you make the decision of what your, what your small steps are going to be, you got to build up some resilience. Why do you need resilience? Because resilience involves your ability to bounce back. You are not going to be perfect every single time. When you try to become disciplined, you are not. Listen, you lived a life of being undisciplined. How do you think hearing me talk for a few minutes is going to make you disciplined all together tomorrow? It's not going to happen. So you got to develop some, 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 some resiliency in your life, right? Because what is resiliency? It involves the ability to bounce back from setbacks and challenges. Maybe you maybe you do real good for the first three days and you totally fall off the wagon on the fourth day. You don't lay down, you get up and you start over again. And maybe you make it six days the next time before you mess up. You don't give up, you get up and you start over again. Go ahead and type this in the comment section. Say, I am resilient. I am resilient. The thing that you will learn about people who are disciplined, they have a high level of resiliency. I, they have no quit in them. They have no give up in them. They don't care how many times they, they try it. You, you think about somebody who's like a, a world-class gymnast. You know how many times they fail off that bar? You know how many times they fail off that beam? You know how many flips they turned and didn't land it right? They didn't do that one time. They did that over and over and over and over. And they showed up day after day after day. Some good days, some bad days. But you know what? They kept showing up. I told you last week, that's the thing you've got to say. I'm going to keep showing up. You got to build some resiliency. You got to understand that when you encounter obstacles, you got to view them as opportunities to learn and grow. Every blockage that comes your way doesn't mean you have to stop. It's an opportunity to learn. How do I get over it? How do I go around it? What skills can I develop that when the next obstacle come, I'm able to employ it even faster than I did last time? You got to view them as opportunities to learn and grow rather than as reasons to give up. Undisciplined people look for reasons to quit. Who glory to God. Undisciplined people look for reasons to quit. They are waiting on an opportunity to shrink. They are waiting on an opportunity to back up on what they said they were working toward. They're looking for the excuse. But as I said last week, excuses are monuments of nothingness. They build bridges that lead to nowhere and those who choose to use those tools of incompetence become masters of nothingness. You got to get you some resilience. You got to decide that no matter how many times you get knocked down, you are getting back up. You are not going to let some setback stop you. 
Maybe you didn't know you shouldn't have done X, Y, and Z. You messed up, but now you know. And now you know you can't be stopped on that no more. So you go forward with zeal, enthusiasm, and determination, and you become a person who is disciplined so that even if nobody is over in the stands clapping for you and cheering you on and telling you how you're going to make it, in fact, when you fail, you're probably going to have some detractors. You're probably going to have some people telling you, you know what? I knew you shouldn't have been out there doing that. I knew you was dreaming too big. I knew you couldn't make it. So you got to have the fortitude that even when the when, even when the naysayers are cheering against you, your mind is set like flint and you're headed in the right direction because discipline has bred consistency inside of you. That's right. Discipline will breed consistency inside of you. Now, once you've done those three things, once you once you have become self-aware of, of, of what your strengths and weaknesses are, once you understand what discourages you, and what's this, what detracts from you, once you understand that you need to pick one thing and, and, and start there, and once you have looked yourself in the mirror enough days and told yourself, strict, you're not going to quit. You're not going to give up. You're not going to cave in and quit. If one other person has done it, then boy, you can do it too. And if nobody has done it, then why can't you be the first? You're going to have to learn to encourage yourself. And when you do those three things, now you're ready to do step four, which is to set clear goals for yourself. Don't even try to set any goals for yourself until you have done those first three things because those goals just seem so, so lofty and so big. And if you already got goals and you haven't done those three things, forget about trying to get to the goal and get those first three things done first. Set that foundation. That's right, Michelle. Why not me? That's right, Danielle. Encourage yourself. You, I'm telling you, you got to learn to encourage yourself and then set your goals. Identify what you want to achieve. And most importantly, why is it important to you? I want to make more money. Why? I want a better relationship. Why? I want a new job. Why? Because your why is going to be the reason that keeps you going when it doesn't seem like anything is working anymore. So you got to identify what you want to achieve and why it's important to you. Write down your goals. I know people don't like to do that, but write them down. Write down your goals and then break those goals down into smaller achievable tasks. If you want to be disciplined, the first thing you have to learn to do is follow instruction. I tell people who come and ask me for advice and, and, and they ask me for advice about how to do something or how to be uh, disciplined in the area, you know, because, it, and you got to understand, everybody is, is wired a little differently. I often, People have often told me, my wife included, I probably would have thrived in the military. Why? Because I actually enjoy uh, a life that's quite regimented, Okay. I actually enjoy routine. I enjoy consistency, right? I, I, I enjoy the idea that this happens every day at seven. I enjoy that, right? Now, everybody's not wired that way. I get that. So then you have to know if you're not wired that way, but in order for you to achieve success, you got to have some of that in your life then you've got to learn to embrace this idea of following instructions. 
In fact, somebody type this in the comment section. Say, I follow instructions. <laughs> because so many people don't follow instructions. People will pay and go to a, a, a doctor and the doctor will say, here's what I need you to do. I need you to take this medicine three times a day. I need you to take it with food each time. And, and, and don't operate any heavy equipment because it's going to make you sleepy. And people will take the medication without food and then drive a car and then wonder why things don't work out the way they should. You don't follow instructions. Disciplined people are okay with following instructions. People who are disciplined don't, um, they, they don't fight against implementation with fidelity. What do I mean? I mean, if someone tells you this is how you do it, you do it that way. A prime example, you're trying to learn how to bake a cake. You've never baked a cake. Someone gives you an instruction. They give you step-by-step -step instruction. It tells you which ingredients to add and when to add them. But you feel like you're just going to add them all at one time. Well, I ain't got time to be waiting to do that. I'm going to put the eggs, the sugar, the oil, the milk. I'm just going to do all at one time and stir it all up. You're going to have a mess on your hands. You're going to have a mess on your hands. And the reason some of you have a mess on your hands now is because you won't follow instructions. So here's how you set your goal. I'm going to say it again. Break them down into small, manageable parts. Achievable task. Be specific about what you want to achieve. Right? This will help you stay focused. They talk about setting what's called a SMART goal. Okay? A SMART goal means it needs to be specific, right? For the S, it needs to be measurable, right? Okay, it needs to be A, attainable, right? It needs to be uh, realistic, right? You can't say, I wanna get pregnant tomorrow, have a baby, have a baby Friday, no. It needs to be realistic. And then the T, it needs to be time sensitive or time bound, okay? So set your goals that is something that's real, okay? You use that process, use that acronym, a SMART goal. How do I set a SMART goal, okay? Am I specific, okay? The thing I'm asking for, is it attainable? Is it attainable? You know, uh, if, if, if you're 50 years old, you say, well, I want to be an astronaut. That's probably not attainable because they don't accept people that old to be astronauts, okay? So you may need to get a new goal, a new dream. And there's nothing wrong with a new goal or a new dream. But your SMART goal would help you know whether or not you're headed down the right direction, all right? And then once you've done that, here's the part a lot of people don't like, but it's, 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 it's really, really good for your life. You need to learn to create a routine. You need a routine in your life. I know people say, oh, I like to be spontaneous. My, you need to, in some areas, you need to plan your spontaneity. <laughs> Someone says, what? Yes, you need to plan your spontaneity. You need to say, I am free to be spontaneous between seven and nine. Why? Because the other times I have stuff to do. You cannot live your life just being spontaneous all the time. You will never get anything done. Oh, I'm going to do the laundry. Okay. You're halfway through the laundry. Oh, I'm going to go clean my closet out. Okay, halfway through clean, I'm gonna go clean my car out. Oh, I need to go to the grocery store. Oh, I need to do this. I need to do that. And now you got eight things that are undone. Okay, you got eight things that are undone. Why? Because you're living your life without a routine. You're, that's right, Trinika. You are flying by the seat of your pants. If you go to work and you work like that, you may get some stuff done, but you're not nearly as productive as you could be. 
You're not nearly as productive. Listen, I ain't saying you can't ever be spontaneous, but you need your life to have some routine to it. <laughs> okay? I ain't trying to tell you business, but at the end of the day, I know what happens when people lack discipline because they get bored doing one thing or they get overwhelmed. They start doing one thing and it's, oh, that's too much. So they go find something else to do. Oh, that's too much. They go find something else to do. Oh, that's too much. And what happens is they have eight or nine things that they haven't completed and all of it overwhelms them. And so what they do is they shrink back from all of it. Listen, ain't nothing wrong with getting you a to-do list. <laughs> ain't nothing wrong with getting you a to-do list. And, and people who have ADHD, I'm not here saying that that's not real. I'm telling you that building a strategy and a routine will help you with your ADHD. It'll help you, folks. It'll help you not be overwhelmed. You got to create a routine. Establish a daily routine that includes the habits you want that's going to get you to your goal. And then learn to stick to your routine as much as possible. And, and, and make that discipline a natural part of your day. You know, when, when, when I'm working on something, and my wife and I, we've laughed about this. I've laughed about it. She's gotten on to me about it. But when I have my to-do list and you want me to do something, if it doesn't involve, involve fire, flood, or blood, it goes to the bottom of my to-do list. Why? If it, if it doesn't have priority or precedent that it has to be done right then because I've used the day before to plan out my next day, I don't interrupt my to-do list. I, I, I don't. Now, if it's something that, that is an emergency that needs to be taken care of, I'll do it. And when I was in a job, I was the same way. If somebody says, oh, Dr. Strickland, we got to do X, Y, and Z. Okay, is there someone else I can delegate that to? Because that's not on my to-do list today. Does it have to be done today? Does it have to be done right now? In the grand scheme of priorities, is this high priority? Is this medium priority? Or is this low priority? Right? My wife said hugs are an emergency. And because I've learned that hugs are an emergency, when she comes and says, hey, I need a hug, then I pause my to-do list. Right? You, because that's part of building relationship and part of understanding your spouse. But if she say, hey, you know, uh, 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 do you want to go ride with me to see a house? Nope, that's not on my to-do list today, okay? And, and she's very good about saying, okay, then she'll go see it by herself. If it's something great and she, I want to see it, she'll send me pictures, right? But I have, I, I create routines in my life. You know what else? Creating routines lowers your level of stress. I'm going to pause for a second. Creating routines will lower your level of stress. Some of you, <laughs> some of you are stressed out because you don't have any routine. You have no routine in your life. Every day, you don't know what to expect. It creates anxiety for you. Listen, I know what my next two weeks are going to look like as long as something major that I haven't accounted for doesn't come up. And if it does, I modify and adjust. But I know what tonight's going to look like. I know what Wednesday's going to look like. I know what Thursday's going to look like. I know what my Friday morning is going to look like. 
I know what my Friday afternoon is going to look like. I know what the weekend is going to be like. I know what the next week is going to be. In fact, I know what the week after that's going to be because it's going to be spring break. I know so I don't have any stresses in my life about what's going to come. Okay, so routines in hugs <laughs> equal a happy house at my house. But you got to find out what routine works for you. Okay, now this goes along with creating a routine. Number six, learn to prioritize your task. You got to prioritize your task. Everything can't be hair on fire. Everything can't be an emergency. Everything can't have to be done right then. You got to become a person if you want to be disciplined who decides which tasks are most important and you got to become proficient at prioritizing them accordingly. That includes your people. That includes the people you do life with. But you got to focus on completing the most challenging and urgent task first. Listen, I know without a doubt, if I spent the day with most of y'all, y'all do the easiest things first. Well, you say, well, Pastor, why wouldn't I want to do the easiest things so I can get them done? The easiest things are the things that you could be delegating to someone else or they become so routine you can do them at a later time. Here's what happens when you do that. When you are only trying to focus on the easiest task first, that major task is hanging over your head and is dulling your creativity. It is, it is weighing you down. You are thinking about it even though you are doing other tasks even though you are doing other things. So on my to-do list, I put my most pressing issues at the top of my list. What do I need to tackle first? Right, absolutely. Because if you're practicing avoidance. Remember we talked about procrastination? When you are not tackling those big tasks, you are, pro you are procrastinating. So you got to learn to prioritize your task. On tomorrow, when I wake up, what are the three things I must get accomplished? And, and, and what are my power tasks? I call them power tasks. Why? Because if I get these three, three done, it's going to open up the ability for me to do the next five, six or seven things. What do I need to get done? That is how it happens. And most people aren't aware of what they're doing. But, and because you're, you're not self-aware, you, you don't realize what's causing you to not be disciplined. Right. But you got to learn to prioritize tasks. Focus on completing the most challenging or urgent tasks first and avoid procrastinating and getting distracted. Okay? Because some of you, if you do do a to-do list, I can almost guarantee you, I can almost guarantee you that major thing you've been needing to do, it's been on your list for a week. You just keep writing it down every day. You just keep writing it down. I'll get to it tomorrow. But I did 10 things a day, but you didn't do that one thing that if you had done it, it will relieve the stress. That's right, Trinika, deep work. We talk about doing deep work. What's most important? What's most precious? What is high priority? Not because somebody is screaming about it, but because of the level at which you do it will, call, will, will create a, a cascade or a waterfall for you to get more things done. Okay? You got to learn to prioritize tasks. And then number seven, you got to practice consistency. You can't do this one day. You can't be like, oh, I'm going to do this one day and, and you feel great. And then the next day you don't do it. You must learn to practice consistency. If you do not practice consistency, then it will void your discipline. Consistency is key to making discipline a habit. I'm going to say that again. Consistency is the key to making discipline a habit. 
Consistency is the key to making discipline a habit. You got to make a commitment to stick to your routine even when it's difficult. You got to keep going even when you encounter setbacks. You got to commit to following a routine or a schedule every day and you got to learn to stick with it and be possible. You got to learn to do that. You got to practice consistency. That's right, Nate. You got to practice it. What does that mean? That means that I put things in my life and I put blockers in my life and I have strategies in my life where I can tell people, listen, if it doesn't involve fire, flood or blood, this next hour, I am to be uninterrupted. Okay, this is this is my time to practice my consistency and I do it every day. I do it every day. Okay, whatever I say I'm going to do to move myself to my goal, I decide when I'm going to do it. And then once I make that decision, I stick to it and I don't even give myself the ability to change it just because it's easy. I do not give my ability to change it just because it's easy. Okay, and if I don't give myself the ability to change it just because it's easy, then doing this next thing gets better. It's practicing self-control. It's practicing self-control. Nate actually says, I need to work on better systems. The truth is we all do. And that's a very powerful statement. We all need to work on better systems. Being disciplined involves having a dedicated system. And we need better systems. If we don't have better systems, then we won't have better products or better results. So you need to learn to practice self-control. What does that look like? What I just said, I don't give my permission to change my routine just because it's easy. Just because it's easy, I do not give myself permission to change. When I was weaning myself off of Dr. Peppers, right? Because I knew I was going to go back on my, on, my, on, my, on my keto diet. When I was weaning myself off of Dr. Peppers, my body would say, but we need a Dr. Pepper. I would say to my body, if you say it again, I'll add another week that we won't have one. Crave it one more time. Act like you want it again. And that may seem crazy to you, but if you don't learn to talk to yourself, if you don't learn to empower yourself to say, I am not dictated by how I feel, I'm not dictated by emotions or outside circumstances. Act like you want a Dr. Pepper again. You won't get one to July. You can control yourself. And when you learn to control yourself, you learn to, you learn to regulate your emotions and your impulses. You will learn to you learn to avoid impulsive behaviors, right? I, my, my kids still drink Dr. Pepper. I wasn't going to go out there and take all the Dr. Peppers and throw them away. No, I'm going to develop some self-control for me. That's like that's that, that's the reason I don't like it when people go, oh, well, you know, we can go out to eat together. But but uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm only eating salad. Well, good for you if that's all you eat. But, but if you can't sit around me when I eat my steak, then you need to set up parameters in your life that you don't come and eat with me when I'm eating steak. Why? Because I'm not changing just because of you. If you've made the decision that you are only eating salad, you develop the self-control, you have the consistency to not eat anything other than salad. <laughs> I don't know what else to tell anybody. I never ask people not to eat something around me. Listen, I, I, I don't I don't eat bacon. Right. OK. But even though the years I haven't eaten bacon, I still love the smell of it. 
And I ain't talking about the turkey or the beef. I mean pork bacon. <laughs> my wife, it makes my wife sick. She can't stand the smell of it, right? We haven't eaten it for years, but I still like the smell. But I don't go out to dinner with somebody and tell them they can't get no bacon on their cheeseburger. That's their cheeseburger. I, I, I like the smell of it, but I've learned to control myself enough that I don't grab the bacon off their plate. <laughs> you got to practice self-control, right? How do you practice self-control? Remember, all of this is about how you develop discipline. How do you practice self-control? By using positive self-talk. Learn how to talk to yourself. Replace any negative stuff with positive affirmations, right? You got to learn how to replace those negative words with positive affirmations that help you stay motivated and focused on your goal. You don't say stuff like, man, this is just too hard. Man, this is crazy. Why are you doing all this? Man, forget this. I don't care what nobody say. I'm, I'm going to drink this Dr. Pepper. No, 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 no. You say to yourself, listen, I know that you are craving a Dr. Pepper, but you have more integrity to your own self than to drink the Dr. Pepper. You got this. You got this. The, the, the craving of pass, you, you've done it before. You got this. You talk to yourself. You use positive self-talk. Say the things to yourself that helps you stay on track, right? And then this next one is nice if you need to do this. I believe it's better when you do it with yourself, but sometimes you may have to get a partner, but you need accountability. Accountability helps you grow discipline. Now, here's, 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 my, here's my pushback about accountability. I feel about accountability like I feel about motivation. If it's always external, it ain't worth much. If it's always external, it's not going to be worth very much. Why? Because the moment somebody doesn't hold you accountable, then you're not doing the things necessary. Accountability will help you with discipline, but the best accountability is internal accountability. I'm accountable to myself. What do I do when nobody else is around? If I said that I'm not going to spend any more money this month on clothes, it doesn't matter that I could order it from Amazon and hide the box before my spouse saw it. The accountability has to come from me. And if I can't help myself but to buy something from Amazon, then what I do is I go into the Amazon app and I take my credit card off of the, off of the app. And I take my credit card and I put it in my drawer. So that way, it's, I have to go through multiple steps to violate my own integrity. I have to be accountable to myself. It, it, it would be a fight. And you might have to fight yourself sometimes. But you got to regulate yourself. Some of you know good and well you don't need that next thing you was going to buy on Amazon. I'm guilty. When it comes to kitchen gadgets, listen. I, it, I know that sounds silly, but kitchen gadgets are my guilty pleasure. I don't smoke. I don't drink. I don't run women. I buy kitchen gadgets. I buy stuff I don't need. Okay. So when I started saying, yo, I don't even have room to put, I bought a juicer not too long ago. It's still in the box because I don't have a place to put it. Why did I buy it? Because it looked neat. It was cool. 
So I bought it, but I didn't need to do that. So what do I do so I don't do that again the next time? I take my credit card off the Amazon app. I take my credit card off the shop app. I take my credit card off of the Etsy account. I put that credit card in my drawer so that if I see something and I click it, I have to literally get up and go to my drawer to get the credit card. And that time that it takes me to walk from the kitchen in there to my credit card gives me time to get clarity and say, you need to be accountable to yourself. Stop buying that stuff. <laughs> I know, babe. She said, that's a sign I need to buy a bigger house. I know, with a bigger kitchen. But right now, until that happens, I'm going to be accountable to not buy more stuff I don't need. Okay? So create some accountability. Set up systems. Remember, Nate said, I need better systems. We need better systems that will allow us to stay accountable. Is that making sense to anybody? The, the, is the practicalness of this making sense? The things that you have to do to set yourself up for success. It ain't always just about how much you shout, how much you pray, how much you fast and how much you give. Those things are good, but you need to set up some practical systems to help you achieve your goal. Okay. So you got to, you got to create this accountability. You got to find ways to hold yourself accountable. You got to learn to track your progress. Track what you're working on. If you say, hey, I'm only going to spend $100 on entertainment this month, then every time you spend money on entertainment, write it down. Because you know if you don't write it down, it, out of sight, out of mind, you better spend two, $300 on entertainment this month thinking, man, did I, did I do all that? Yeah, you did. You did. And you did last month. And you did the month before and the month before that. So if you're going to get disciplined, write it down. Put it in your eye gate. Right. So you can see it. Hold yourself accountable. You know, my, when, I, when, I, when I'm when I'm in this space of trying to get to a certain weight, I weigh three times a day. People go, why in the world would you weigh three times a day? I want to know what's going on. Do If I eat this, does this cause me? If I do this workout, what does it do? I want to track my progress. There's an old saying, what gets measured gets results. What gets measured gets results. So if you want to be accountable, start measuring those things that you say you are holding yourself accountable to. All right. We're almost done. The next thing you need to learn to do is to celebrate your successes along the way. Celebrate your successes. Just like I told you to start small, because you're not going to do everything at one time. You're not going to overcome everything the first time you try it. Learn to celebrate yourself along the way, okay? Learn to celebrate yourself along the way. Recognize and celebrate your successes, no matter how small you think they may be. This will help you stay motivated and it will further your discipline because it helps with your consistency. And it reinforces your new habits. Whenever, whenever you are, are building new habits, you have to acknowledge them as good, right? Because your brain is set up, your central processing system is always set up to push you toward pleasure. So if, if you want to be pushed towards something that you see as pleasurable, when you develop this new habit, you have to celebrate it because your, your mind will want you to, to, to do more of that. It will want you to have more of that behavior. See, that's the reason some of y'all got proficient at going off on folks, because it was pleasurable to you. So your brain craved you going off 
The reason some of you got so big, okay, myself included, because we, we had pleasure in what we were eating. Our brains wanted more of it. The reason we spent money we shouldn't have spent. The reason we loaned money or gave money to somebody we shouldn't have gave it to because we got pleasure out of doing it, even though it didn't benefit us. So the principle works no matter what. So what we've got to learn to do is to use the principle to our advantage to help us create new habits that actually benefit us. So when I do something new that's helping me move in the direction of my dreams and my goals and my objectives, I got to learn to celebrate those so I can train my brain to help me to produce more of that behavior. Does that make sense? And then lastly, you got to practice self-compassion. Some of y'all just too hard on yourself. Some of you are just way too hard on yourself. You talk bad to yourself, first of all, and you need to change that by having positive self-talk. But then some of you are just so hard on yourself when you make a mistake. And some of you are hard on yourself because you're so doggone hard on other people. And whatever you sow is what you reap. And so because you don't give any grace to other people when they're growing and becoming, you don't give yourself any grace when you're growing and becoming. But you got to learn to be kind and compassionate to yourself. Don't beat yourself up every time you slip up. But don't be a person who's okay with slipping up. Because there's a way you can talk to yourself when you slip up. It's not demeaning. It's not downgrading yourself. It's not whipping yourself because you made a mistake. But that's encouraging and teaching and coaching. You can have that internal conversation. You can say, hey, you messed up this time. Here's why you messed up. You didn't have this system in place. You didn't have this boundary in place. If you had this system and boundary in place, I know you would have made it. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to work on putting this system and this boundary in place. And the next time we see this test, we're not making an F, we're making an A. In fact, we're going to get the bonus questions right. That's right. We got this. Let's go. I'm ready for the next challenge. You got to learn how to have that kind of self-compassion and self-talk to yourself. You got to remember that developing discipline is a gradual process. You got to know that developing discipline is a gradual process. It happens every day. It's something you work on every day. So the person who asks, well, how do we develop discipline? These are the things you have to do. And it's not something you can just do one time. You must do them over and over and over. And some of them you're going to get better at before you get better at some of the other ones. And so then you have to put more time and effort into the other ones while you don't let the other ones slip. You got to remember that developing discipline is a gradual process and setbacks are a part of the journey. Setbacks are a part of the journey. You got to understand that sometimes you're just going to, it's just not going to turn out the way you thought. It's part of the, it's part of the journey. It's what we talk about when we say we're growing and becoming. Why? Because I'm growing. And as I make mistakes, I learn from them and I'm becoming better at what I'm supposed to be doing. Ultimately, ultimately, the best methodology for living a disciplined lifestyle is one that works for you. It's one that is aligned to your goals, to your values and your preferences. You may not like making lists. Okay, but you gotta have some kind of routine and you gotta have some kind of way to track it. And you gotta have some way that's gonna hold yourself accountable. So maybe doing lists is not your thing. What is your thing? 
What's going to be your system? What's going to be your process? What are you going to do to make sure that a year from now, you're not in the same state talking about, I need to develop discipline. Listen, for some of you, it may take trial and error. For some of you, you may get this system and routine down pretty quickly. For some of you, you might have to reach out to somebody and say, hey, I need some help with this. And when you reach out, you're going to have to learn to follow instruction. I tell people all the time, if you don't know what to do, do what you've been instructed to do. When I don't know what to do and I go to my spiritual parents and I ask them a question, whatever they say, that's what I try. And I do it with fidelity. What does that mean? That means I don't change it up. If they tell me to do it for three days, I don't do it for two and a half. I do what they tell me to do with fidelity. When I don't know what to do, I do what I'm instructed to do. All right. So it may take some of you some trial and error to find out what the right approach is. But I can promise you that with persistence and commitment, you can develop the habits and the mindset necessary to live a disciplined life. So how do we develop discipline over time with consistency? What are the things that we have to do? Well, we got to learn to be self-aware, right? We got to start small, celebrate as we're going along. We got to make sure that we build up some resiliency, that we're not quitting every time something doesn't go our way. We got to set clear goals and expectations using that smart goal analogy, right? Then what we got to do? We got to have some routines. We need better systems, something that we can, we can understand what we're supposed to be doing. We got to practice prioritizing those power tasks. What are the things I need to be doing instead of the things I'm avoiding that I keep putting on my list and I'm never getting to? Because that's going to help me to develop some consistency. I'm going to get good at handling the difficult things first. I like that. I'm going to get good at handling the difficult things first. And then I'm going to learn to talk to myself and practice self-control along the way. I'm not going to give myself permission to change my routines just because it's easy for me. I will not take the easy way out. I will not take the easy way out. I'm going to talk to myself in the right way. I'm going to talk to myself. I'm going to encourage myself. I'm going to build myself up. I'm going to hold myself accountable. Okay? I'm going to create accountability systems that are not focused on just external accountability, but on internal accountability. I'm going to hold myself accountable for what I said I want to do. Okay, I'm going to be the master of me. I'm not going to have somebody else or something else be my master Okay, in terms of me holding myself accountable. And then number 11, we said you got to learn to celebrate your successes along the way and then show yourself some compassion. Okay. Listen, that's been my Ed Talk for today, all right? That's been my Ed Talk for today. If, if, if something I said or did struck a chord with you, you agree with something, let me know. You don't agree with something, let me know. You say, hey, I'd like for you to talk about X, Y, and Z, let me know. If I know something about it, I'll talk about it. Uh, but we'll come back here next Tuesday uh, with another Ed Talk. Uh, I'm thinking about bringing somebody on. I got to see if they're available because there's a topic that if I don't, I don't get any suggestions, I think we're going to tackle that kind of goes along with this idea of, you know, how, how, how do we get over just always wanting to be motivated, right? How do we really build discipline and how do we take it to the next level? Uh, and there's some, 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 a person or two that I, I think would be great at this. So listen, I appreciate you. Thank you, Ralph. Thank you, Sheila. Thank you, Maya. Thank you, Crystal. Thank you, Michelle. I appreciate you guys. Listen, 
you're more than welcome to share this, right? If you know, if you say, hey, this was beneficial to me, this was some stepped on my toes, opened my eyes, gave me some revelation, made me think about something, go ahead and hit that share button, right? Go ahead and hit that share button, share it to your page, share it to your story, um, share it to any groups you may have permission. You never know. This might be the thing that helps somebody come over the hump that gets them to the place where they, too, can go after their dreams and goals. Last thing I'll remind you is that if you have not, if you have not registered for the live event, it's going to be taking place on March the 30th through April, March 31st, I believe it is, through April 1st. Uh, the, the, the live Live Your Dream events, you still have time to do that. Hopefully, many of you have already done it. You say, I don't even know what you're talking about. Listen, run over to my wife's page. I'm sure somewhere, oh, scroll down a couple places. It's posted there. Um, you can find out all about it. I'm going to get a chance to teach at her live her live event, and I'm going to be, um, I guess, introducing uh, some concepts that's going to come out in my book at the end of April, early May, called Unstoppable right? It's the art of learning to take massive action to achieve your dreams in reality, all right? And so I'm going to be talking about how to take massive action and what you can do. Um, and it's been working for me. <laughs> it's been working for me. And so I decided to memorialize it and to put it in writing so the other people too could, could use it. So the, the, the uh, link there is, is in the chat. If you guys need that, then, then you go check it out. Unstoppable is coming. There's still not a pre-order link yet. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. Uh, and and it, it's gonna be. It's gonna be good. I, and I don't say that because I wrote it. I, I mean, I've, I've lived it out and I've seen the results of it. So hopefully, it will resonate with people. Um, so listen. See you guys next week. I appreciate you. Oh, don't forget. Don't forget tonight at seven o'clock p.m. Seven o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time, my wife and I will be doing Relationships 101, Relationships 101, tonight at 7 p.m. Listen, we're going to be talking about how do you have crucial conversations? How do you have them with your kids? How do you have them with your spouse? How do you have them with your best friend? You know, y'all kind of maybe done grown apart or y'all seeing things differently. How do you have them at work? Everything you need to do, everything you need to do to have crucial conversations, right? Because they're necessary. They're necessary. You're never going to achieve big things if you don't learn how to have those conversations and how to have them without tearing everything else up. Because you ought to be able to have crucial conversations without tearing everything else up. So it's going to be good. It's going to be good. We're going to talk about <laughs> some of our trials and tribulations and how we got there. There's some funny stories. They funny now. They weren't funny at the time because we were going through it. Uh, but we will share some of those. And I think they'll resonate with some of you. And then also, if you're on the live tonight, you're going to have a, have a chance to win a prize. But you've got to be there to get instructions for how to do it. I'm going to give 25 of these special things away. Um, and, and you got to be on there in order to do it. So I'll see you guys tonight at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. She says, tell your own business. I'm telling your business because your business is funny and it doesn't make me look as bad. All right. Y'all have a good, a good day. I'll see y'all tonight. Bye-bye.